0: Hi, and welcome to the podcast channel for Podcast My Business and the content made easy. And today we have Christoph Casimir from aesit.com.au and we're having a chat today about protecting your business investment in hardware and data. Um, now, yeah, it seems like a long topic, but it's really, really important and we're covering off on the big C where we are because we're in Sydney and we're Stuck at home. How are you, Christoph?
1: Mate, I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me on, Tony.
0: No worries at all. Thank you for taking the time. Look, it's, it's been interesting. Um, I'm just calling it the big C now because uh, I know that's mean something else anyway. Let's call it the coronavirus C. There we are, let's just get it out there. Um sure. we, We're both in Sydney, we're in lockdown. Half the country's in lockdown. We're heading mm-hmm. forward. <laughs> we're moving on. Um, we're getting past the panic. And we're now into the, I mean, getting into the curiosity stage. I want to see what's going to happen next. Sure. And what's going to happen next is a hybrid model of people working it from home and from the office.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We had the man rush to get people to be able to work from home. And mm-hmm. now, so how do you, with technology, be a, being able to work from home and from the office going forward?
1: Interesting point, and it's a good one. Um, thanks for raising it, Tony. So technology has enabled us to be more versatile, right? So if you think about it, we're very disparate in our workforce these days. You know, we used to be, everyone used to love coming to the office, the sociality of it, um, the security of it. All of that was wonderful. Now we're all sort of being asked to work from home for a period. Um, the future will definitely be nothing like the past, uh, and that's that's been written. You know, major tech companies have set that, Let's pull it benchmarks moving forward. Um, And, you know, we're going to see that hybrid model. You're absolutely right. It it could be a mix of, you know, two days in the office, three days in the office. So businesses get their assets uh, utilised. But in the same light, it's because of that, people are finding, you know, the commute, for example, you know, Dr. Adam Fraser refers to the ability to have a third space, right? So the commute from the office to home gave that ability to separate you're a business frame of mind uh, and then to go home. And I think that's probably why we'll see that resurgence to people getting into the office. Um,
0: and also I mean, another thing is that we both have hot cars and if we don't get to drive them to the office or meetings or whatever, then what's the point of having a hot car?
1: This is true. This is true. And it's not like we can take them to the racetrack right now either. So um, no. you know, it just is what it is. Mate. Um, but in so doing that's, set a benchmark for many um, loopholes, let's call it, um, and and security uh, loopholes especially, that we as users and corporate businesses need to be a bit more mindful of and consider it. Especially now that we're working from home a hell of a lot, and it probably won't change in the dynamic very soon.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's there's a whole range of risks. I mean, I'm just thinking of even data. Data is a huge business asset that businesses undervalue and underutilize. But if you've got a sales database and your staff are working from home, it's so much easier for them to copy that data, utilize that data, and then go to a competitor with that data. So how do you manage that sort of risk?
1: Look, at the end of the day, if someone wants to be you know corrupt as such then the ability to do that is you can always do that even from the office tone you can screenshot let's be fair you can take a camera out no different to you being in the office as you would be at home um, you know businesses are more likely to log data and activity now so technology certainly enabled that um, and if you think of your business data asset the the volatility of your data is probably the uh, is biggest paramount right now not because the theft is coming from internally. In actual fact, 73% of theft doesn't actually occur internally, it occurs externally at the moment in Australia. Um, and that's where people's focus needs to be. So from that perspective, you know, you've got to consider some pretty simple basics, both in education. So you know, if you want, let's go through my top five tips in regards to being a little bit more security aware. Number one, to your point, it's all about education. So, the ability to actually educate your staff on you know, what to think, how to actually act, before, you know, think before you click, for example, right? And, um, mm. You'll see this, have to take, take a while to um, stab at it. How many text messages randomly have you copped over the last week that have, you've got Next. no idea who they're from?
0: Oh, uh, look, I get a few every day, and as for emails, I mean, thankfully, I've got a filter, and people need to be aware that you can get mm-hmm. filters for emails. But yeah, non-stop phone calls, emails, texts. Um, correct. My favourite one at the moment is the recorded overseas voice from Australian Data Protection Agency or something, or the ATO, if you don't pay this bill, we're going to take you to court. I'm going, huh? So yeah, they sure. try, but...
1: Correct, correct. And that's the biggest thing. So first things first, education is ultimately the key to you know, enabling stuff to be able to be a bit more secure at home. Um, part of what you talked about, for example, around those data assets, you know, the cruciality of it, you know, businesses' data is, you know, it's now actually a line on your P&L. You're seeing it more and more. Mm. Insurers want to see it there. Banks want to understand it. Um, you know, it's becoming a, a crucial part of business transaction and activity. So guess what? That asset's so vital, it's so important that you need to have a proper data strategy and backup plan.
0: Mm.
1: Now, so what, that, what does that mean? Here's your second tip, right? Education one. Second, back it up. Consider a, an alternative, what we call air gap service, where you actually don't have the same data stored in the same location. So for me to back up, for example, my data on my laptop, that's kind of like putting your keys next to the car outside and then hoping no one steals it, right? Mm. So the concept is having a cloud-based service or you know, what we call an external third-party air gap service being able to back your data up in the case that if you do happen to have your systems corrupted, your applications corrupted, that way you don't have that corruption follow you to your backup. Mm -hmm. 93% of all uh, hacks or cybersecurity threats can't be recovered without a proper data or backup strategy, as an example. So that's pretty much the first one that you would probably want to consider as an... It's a pretty simple task. You know, you can back up your mailbox for anywhere up to $5 a month, unlimited, and know for a fact that your data's going to be sitting there um, outside of your laptop in the case that you have an event. So, right. third, third one, part one, the education train. Ask. The biggest problem we have in a disparate working environment is the inability for someone to just as simply pick it up, or no, walk up to your desk and ask. So Tony, you've sent me this email saying that this invoice is due for this supplier and it looks legitimate. It's in your tone of voice. It's got your email address at the top. All looks pretty legitimate. And so I guess I should consider it. Normally, if you're in the office environment, I would be able to just pick up the phone, my landline, or I just walk over to your desk and go, hey, Tony, what's this? Right. And it's the same as with the links that we're getting, you're getting a lot more email links asking you to click here. Um, you're getting a lot of text messages going, your voicemail is currently locked. Click here. So first things first, if you're unaware or unsure, ask. That's probably the most important thing, right? Pick up the phone, give Tony a call, your accounts person, whoever the link is, and don't click on them because at the end of the day, if any, uh, let's call it reputable service, they'll send you the information not asking you to follow on from a link. So. Generally, I know you'll see this, Australia Post will say, your tracking number is tracking number XYZ. Please go to the Australia Post website and put this in. They won't give you the link. Have you seen that? Uh,
0: it's interesting. You used to be able to, I oh know I do that myself with emails and on the computer. Um, I hover over the link and I can see the link. How can you do that on a mobile?
1: You can't effectively do that. You can copy it. Um, and therefore paste it into a note, for example, and that generally gives you the URL. But my honest suggestion is don't click on anything from a text message. That's usually the best way. And if it looks suspicious, eBay telling you that your latest purchase and you haven't purchased anything on eBay, it's pretty common that it won't happen.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they're they're very clever though. They they go for the simplistic options. So, you know, I, I get them from PayPal. And they go, oh, you you have PayPal credit from your last purchase or refund or whatever. And I go, well, hang on. I don't deal with PayPal. I refuse to have anything to do with PayPal. Point blank. Look, Because uh, there's so many scams and PayPal and whatever is not a good system to work with. Okay, so what other tips can you think of?
1: Uh, so, MFA, multi-factor or 2FA authentication. You'll be familiar with this. It's a little bit uh, cumbersome to put it on, but... Biggest one, your banking systems. Absolutely put on MFA. Now, this Mm. could mean that they will send you a text message for you to enter a code, or you could use something like Google Authenticator, Microsoft Authenticator. There's quite a number of those tools out there. Um, But yeah, turn it on. Turn it on your social media. Turn it on your banking accounts. Turn it on your email accounts. It is the biggest way to reduce cyber threats. So 90-odd percent of threats, to you know, online accounts is cut out by the fact that you turn on MFA. So mm-hmm. biggest one you can do. Um, one of the biggest things we did with all of our corporate customers about mm, 24 months ago is we turned MFA on for everything. The pushback was heavy, I get it. Um, the funny part is now it's become common practice, people don't think about it and they're actually a lot more secure. And so when they are being attempted to be hacked, they're getting a text message saying, this is your code. And now that these users are so aware, they can see that their accounts are attempting to be hacked. So they alert us as a security provider, and we already see half of these, to know that the fact that you know, their accounts need to be monitored for that. So MFA, multi-factor authentication, turn on. That's definitely well, important.
0: Even my Steam game account wants to have MFA. I thinking, yeah. wow, I don't do any anything really financial on my game account but it is all everywhere and look I know I've spoken in the past about um password managers and how important Mm -hmm. password managers are they need to have MFA or 2FA critically on there and you're right you can get it you can get a download onto your mobile authenticator app I've got that for zero it's really really easy
1: yeah look and to be fair with you Tony the worst thing people do at the moment is post up Useless. In effect, their theory is it's useless bits of information on things like social media and to your point, right, um, putting information about the tools that you use online is, it is basically letting cyber security, uh, cyber threats, et cetera, build a profile about you. And that's the worst thing you can do, because if you'll check, a prime example is what are the security questions that they ask you when you go to yeah. reset your account? And it's funny because people will go, this was where I grew up. Hey, guess what? That information is available on your social media account because you put it there. So don't, my biggest uh, piece of advice, don't put that sort of information out there. It's all good and well, and it's nice. Um, You know, the other thing is, Tony, for example, is that you take a photo, I'm sure you've seen this. You take a photo on your phone. Now you're an Android user. I'm familiar. But you can see on that photo where and what time that photo was taken exactly the GPS and geo location for it, the time, etc. Now, did you know when you upload that photo, that information still goes with it straight to the social media platform? So, the social media providers have so much information about you because of the fact that you have geotagged the photo. So, people are building profiles about it. So, if your Facebook account can get hacked, that sort of information means that they can then build a profile about you. So moving on to the next
0: Now that's interesting because I don't have location on for anything, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: nothing, absolutely nothing. And also on my mobile I don't, because one I know, well it used to use up battery power, I don't know if it still does, Um, Mm -hmm. but I just don't have location on for anything. Does it still transmit if you don't have location on?
1: Yeah, GPS locates. So when you take a photo, a GPS locates mm. that on the device. It's just an inherent um, identifier within the actual uh, photo. So you'll see that, and you can see that on any of your photos that you do. So, for example, if you open your apps, you scroll up, and you'll be able to see the location where you took the photo. It's just geotagging. That's what it does. Wow. Yeah. So it's the pretty in, pretty impressive stuff, but it's also scary. Um, so yes, absolutely. <laughs> But the other thing I suggest, um, and that's, you know, to your social media accounts, for example, or anything to do with online shopping. And so, prime example at the moment is, we're shopping so much more online. Um, you know, lockdown, can't get to the shops, doing all shops, Coles shops, doing our clothes shops, whatever it is, right? We're using the same account on our email to use these online shopping account, services accounts mm. as we do for our personal banking services accounts. So suddenly, mm. one email account has access to a multitude of, of entry points. Now, you're going to, the majority of people, use a similar password for all kinds of services. So if you're giving your data and information to a possible online shopping service, that could be compromised, but that information, therefore, can then be used to access your financial accounts because of the fact that it's tied by either a correlated password, but generally by the same email address. So my, my top suggestion for, for users and, and for, you know, all above outside is set up an email account, a free one. You know, you've got Hotmail, you've got Gmails, etc. for online shopping only. Anything you do, use an online email account. Don't use your business account. Do not use your work email address. Do not use your, your personal email address. Just set up a specific one. So, you know, whatever it is, tony at Hotmail.com or call it Tony Shopping. Something that That's you're very, I, very you, you clear mind. about, very clear. And then use a very different password because at that point, if that happens to be compromised, not a big deal. You shut down that service, that account, and it doesn't have ties to your other personal you know, banking, etc., work, etc. The biggest problem is once people get through that sort of online shopping, they can then compromise your device, which have, can be a corporate device, to then continue that on to compromise the corporate data. So, mm. yeah, so that that's another top tip. Um, but of course, you know, everyone's sort of out there asking about software even, right? You know, what antivirus? So, you know, there are security services rather than just antivirus. Antivirus detects viruses, but it doesn't necessarily detect malware or phishing. So, you know, my consideration for that so
0: is- You mean like with worms down in the river, down in the sea? What do you
1: mean by phishing? Phishing with a PH instead of an, an F there, Tony. Yeah, so if you think about phishing, it's it, what the terms referred to where it looks like a legitimate email, but it actually has some compromised information behind it. So prime example, as we were talking before, I'll send you a, someone will pretend to send an email on my behalf to you saying, hey, Tony, thanks for doing this work. Here's my invoice. Please, could you pay this within the next seven days? That's what's mm. considered a phishing email. Mm, So antivirus software does not, a security platform software can, right? And so cyber threats and and criminals out there these days are being a bit more ingenious and actually starting to test them against the major brands. Mm. So that's partly what, you know, to be fair, it's hard to know where and how, but a decent brand and a well-known brand will actually spend quite a considerable amount of money on updating their threat databases and being able to actually then patch if needed to be or update them. Mm. Mm.
0: Good, all right, well, thanks very much for that, Christophe. I mean, we, wow, we flew through the time there. It's it's quite interesting how well we covered off a lot of different points. And just something I wanna say to people is, um, one of my personal bugbears and the browser, you use your browser on shopping and it says, Do you want to save this credit card? Say no. Do not save your credit card details in the browser.
1: Yes, or anywhere, in fact.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like, no, okay. I know, yeah, okay. It's convenient, blah, 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 blah. Don't do it. Because even if someone does hack in, if there's no credit card details stored anywhere, nothing they can do about it. So do especially if totally. you don't store it with a retailer so if you have bought it from a shop somewhere online shop and I go I'll save it for future reference don't do it i don't I don't even save the account I, I don't I always go in as guest.
1: Yeah look it, it can be handy to have an account uh, because the ability to have an account means you can track your, your shopping for example.
0: Mm, okay well that might be a topic but for another time. there we go like a plan. All right, Now it's Christoph, and that's Christoph from AESIT.com.au. au. That's a
1: e i t dot com
0: A-S-E, there we go. C a s e i t dot com Excellent. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Tony. Perfect timing, because. Um,